Today we are going to discuss Gene Keys 25 and 46. The shadows of these two Gene Keys are constriction and seriousness. The gifts are acceptance and delight, and the cities are universal love and ecstasy. I have with me Susie, who has Gene Key 46 in her SQ sphere, which is our spiritual quotient sphere, that period of time from birth through six years old. Hi, Susie. Welcome. Hello, Jenny. I'm so Thank happy you. to have you here. I'm actually delighted to have you here. little joke there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and let's start with your childhood before you were seven years old. What was oh, that sure. like for you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be on these Gene Keys. But yes, the, my, my childhood essentially was, it was really good overall. Like my sweet parents, I'll just put it this way. They're, they remembered the 60s, you know, they were serious people. They didn't do any drugs. They, they're very serious and I'll say responsible and just traditional types. And so when I was raised in the later 70s to 80s, it was very much a serious household primarily. Dad and my mom were those kind of people when they raised us. And so there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, practical joking, not a whole lot, but we still, you know, we had trips, we had fun. I have a kind of an interesting cross in terms of both parts of these gene keys in terms of the seriousness and the delight part that we're going to talk about. But my parents definitely had some fears that they operated from. And anytime I had a near accident or a near miss, you know, you'd have an audible, loud gasp from them, <gasps> you know, and it would scare me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Their reaction scared me more oftentimes than the near miss or accident. And so you kind of definitely had experience with expecting, you know, being afraid of things, um, getting told rules so I knew what would happen so I could protect myself. So that was kind of basically, that's the short end in, in, in relation to these two gene keys. They're great parents, though. I'll say that. Did you have siblings? And where were you in the birth order? Yes. So I was the younger of two. My older sister is about three, almost four years older than me. And so growing up also, I kind of was the more spirited child of the two of us. I would be the one cracking jokes if we did get to a family reunion. I was just more theatrical and wanted to laugh and that sort of thing. But I, my dad having a hearing issue on top of this too, I was, I remember quite often a lot of shush, you're too loud. So I kind of got that as well. So at the same time, I lived in the 70s and 80s where I just had the the city as my neighborhood. You know, I, I bebopped via bike to my friends. I had a lot of freedom in that sense. So I kind of really had the good and bad of these gene keys. Okay. Well, let's just start with the shadows of both of them, the constriction and seriousness. How has that played out in your adulthood? And, and to me, it was interesting. It was like the, when I read about the 25th key on constriction, the shadow part, basically all we have to do is face the pain that anytime we feel tightness, there's a responsibility or what we should do is unwind it, look at it and unwind it, right? Accept mm -hmm. it, look at it and unwind it. And even just by accepting that it's there, we initiate the unwinding. And I just felt like for me with the 25th, I had a lot of in adulthood, when I had my children, I would start gasping audibly, you know, oh, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, oh my God, you almost hit your head or oh my God, I'd have like a panic in particular to accidents because I'm just anti-natural selection <laughs> for my children, right? <laughs> like any good parent, you know, thankfully I had a spouse that would make me stop and be like, that was an overreaction. And I did not see it until he started catching me because a lot of it that I would do to myself internally in discussions with people and I have an inner gasp of oh my god they don't like me or oh god I've upset them 
and I'd have a panic inside and I wouldn't really address it and I'd try to avoid the conflict. Versus in parenting, my, this one avenue my husband helped me see this was like to make me stop and be like, dude, you're scaring them. Like, this isn't good. <laughs> and so he really helped me kind of look at that tendency of mine. And then also my parents were full of like, you know, don't do this if you don't want it, your thing stolen. And a lot of those kind of fear-based rules, like don't do this if you don't want to lose money. Don't do this if you don't want to end up in the poorhouse. I knew I had to go to school. I knew I wanted to get my advanced degree. I just you know, had that pressure kind of from that. And it's just kind of interesting now as a parent, I'm just like, what brings you joy? Like, it's going to work out. <laughs> it's just a different discussion than if my kids were to talk to their grandparents, they'd be like, and how are you going to earn money? And I'm like, dude, that's not where it ends. What you see is not all there is. It's much more. Yes. At least kind of for the 25th, that's how I felt it. I've also seen it like just to expand on that fear thing, that kind of um, constriction, because it, it would take my breath away. In moments where I would have an email in my profession and I read it and say I'm an attorney, I'm at a firm and I get an email from a partner that was not really accusing me of anything or just like, did we look at this issue? I would have an internal like, oh my God, did I not? Did I, did I F it up again? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had this like uber reaction inside. And so my nerves, even as a kid and going through high school and college, oh my God, I would have like liquid guts before having to go speak in front of people. And I was really active with clubs. If we sat down silent around, among the circle of like being in a club after school and all that, like if it was silent, I was so afraid my stomach would like growl or make, you know, gas noises. <laughs> and it would, cause I would get so nervous. <laughs> but anyway, but basically though, professionally, I had to like confront it being in front of jurors, in front of trials, you know, getting in front of doing hearings. Like I had to literally just get through it. And I kind of taught myself um, coping techniques to kind of do it. These incidents caused me to kind of like, this doesn't help me. This just weakens me. It distracts me from having to do my work in 30 minutes. Why am I causing this to myself when it's just my nerves? And a lot of times after I did this panic, like say, for example, those emails, you know, did you look into this issue? I'd go look and be like, you know what? 99 out of 100, I did look at it. Or, and I decided not to do it because of these reasons. And it's like as if my baseline value wasn't that I know myself and I'm going to do well at work kind of thing. I kind of had this fear of like, maybe I'm not perfect. Maybe I'm not going to do well or whatever happens to me, I can be screwed instead of this like relaxation of you know, whatever happens is okay. I can accept it. And then you just get to that flow, that universal flow into love or ecstasy of living because you're not so wound up. You sound like there was a before and then there was an after. Was there a specific event that helped you to relax or to get a broader viewpoint of life in general? Well, I'll be honest, I think I was a little slow to the uptake, even though I would constantly in my first 10 years of my law career, I I would constantly battle with my nerves. I would have heart conditions during certain litigation things. It was just, and I kind of battled through it. I kind of like just nerved through it, but I didn't quite accept during that time period that I was creating it. And when I kind of came to my spiritual realization or downloading kind of in uh, my later 30s is when I started owning all these shadow elements of myself and I started getting to Gene Keys groups and discussing it. That's when it really like my view, worldview, my self viewpoint just totally did 180 degrees and I realized that I was creating this or these are wounds from within. I need to look at this. And so really it was, we moved from Texas to Oregon, we got here and I just stopped doing, I decided this was a clean slate. And so with my new DA job, I kind of was like, I need to just look at these fears. Why am I being triggered? And so that I I do kind of 
put it into that time frame, not in a particular event, but I think just like a, what is that? Like a, you know, a sadder return or a, you know, midlife crisis kind of thing, but in a good way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, it was hard work. I don't want to say it was, you know, a walk in the park and all these shadows that I had to look at. Well, you <laughs> did. Accept and own. Okay. So in, I, I don't know what your age is and I'm not going to ask you, but I think it's somewhere in the forties. <laughs> you uh, started a spiritual path. This was prior to the Gene Keys, right? Right, just yes. prior, right. So when you did mm-hmm. shadow work, how did you know what your shadows were? Well, I, I'll i say I was listening to some podcasts, and I can't remember what particular author it was, but essentially it was talking about how as souls before life, we might come choose certain challenges to mm-hmm. face. And I thought from that, what are my challenges? What am I facing? And many of them are self-worth, confidence, And this releasing of being in the flow in the universe, huge. I mean, this is just huge to me. And it just transformed my life in terms of like how I am. And then all these other questions that I had been struggling with just kind of like, ah, they they just relax. Things get filtered and become straight when you kind of get into these two jinkies to me. Like this just really gave me a lot of inner peace. When I think I feel like I've gone to this, I'm not always the city. (laughs) I'm trying to work from gift as much as possible. I might have a hiccup, but this is really kind of like, uh, it's funny, these two gene keys just to me just show what I decided to turn into my later 30s, for, early 40s to in terms of my spiritual development and gave me a whole lot of peace. Wasn't it nice to see them on paper and to, to have words yes. to describe what had been going on in your life, all your life? It's amazing, isn't it? They're wonderful it in that really, way. Yes. Yeah, there's no accidents. I mean, this is a divine plan. It's just, it makes me just feel like so taken care, like so connected. So you and came. It gives me much hope. Yes, absolutely. You came to a point of acceptance of where you'd been and how you could be different. I think we'd all love to know what that other yes. author was, but... <laughs> I think it was Journey of the Souls. I was going to say that. I was. W-T-O-N? Yes. I hate it when people can't think of the author's yeah. name and don't spell it out. N-E-W-T-O-N. Yes. Oh, I, that's amazing to me because that's exactly who I thought of when you were describing yeah. that. Right. Yes. No, it kind of, that opened my eyes. But even this acceptance of like who I am who other people are and that they're operating from their hurts. I mean, that be- that's to me how it becomes this connection to universal love. Once I realize that I'm working from my hurts, everyone else is working from their hurts. There's nothing personal here. And then this universal love comes in and mends it, right? Yes. We see us as all being from the source. This is really our true nature. Like, we forget how good we are. I don't think we're told it. We're thinking that we're all, like, struggling. You know, yes, we have struggles, and yes, we might have issues, but... This is our true nature, and I don't think we really connect to the fact that this is who we are. Our souls within us. Now, I'm not talking when I say who we are. I'm not talking about Susie the, you know, five five brunette, you know, attorney. I'm talking about my soul, the the thing that remains, that's eternal. Right, and I also think of Tara Brock and radical forgiveness. Oh, I should read that. Yes, yes, <laughs> because that's those soul agreements that we come in to prompt each other for what our learning should be in this lifetime. And uh, right. that goes right along with that, yeah. Yeah, because for me, the 25th with constriction too, it was like, you know, how much do I measure and put pressure on myself for time? Oh, I should have my X, Y, and Z done by this date or by this age. Or, you know, as an attorney, the need for laws and rules, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's such crap. Yeah. 
<laughs> HOAs, oh God, don't get me started. Money, it can like, you can get really wrapped up in materialism and clinging to relationships, hoarding things, and even hoarding within a religious dogma. If you don't hold lightly your beliefs, you're, you're actually constricting your religiousness, you know, your dogma. And that does not leave an open mind and open heart to receive universal love. I mean, that was the huge part of me because I came from a very Christian household that was full of rules and selected rules. I'll just say that. And that unlocking my personal heart to love who I felt like I should be loving and that other people are allowed to love who they want to love. And I knew that that was freaking right. You know what I mean? Like I knew that as a kid, like there's too many rules. If it doesn't sound like love, it's not God. It's man-made rule BS, in my opinion. Now, granted, that's my opinion, how I'm taking this, but that brought me to this universal love concept. And if we all move into universal love, that's not chaos. That's universal love. (laughs) Right. And you also have Gene Key 62 twice in your profile, once in your evolution and once in your vocation slash core. So you move. Hopefully that's good. Yes. Well... That, that's that intellect. That's that precision oh, yeah. you're seeking, you know, you're in your head right. because that's where there is no room for love. It's just total facts, total materiality. Yeah. Right. And that precision, which is again, kind of a theme of seriousness on 46, right? Absolutely. Like, yes. Even in my spiritual path, I had to relax. I had to get into what makes my heart feel good. Don't be like you have to be right or wrong on this. Like if you're seeking the Holy Grail, the active part of me seeking is kind of like you'll never get it. I have to relax. I have to accept what it is that there might be mysteries. And I just got to delight in the fact that I'm on this beautiful path and I can't control it. And good or bad that come, it's going to point the way to my destiny. And I can get through it with ecstasy and delight and acceptance and universal love if I just see it that way. So here's a really tough question for you. How often do you see your parents? And I'm talking pre-pandemic now. How often have you spent time with your parents since your epiphany? Well, I will say that I moved from Texas to Oregon. So physical visits had been like about once a year until 2020. And then typically we usually just call. So I call a little bit well, no, I'm lying. We, I call like once a week. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, okay. I, I increased my calling, but no, I'm not. I could have a daughter right now. So how do you <laughs> no, handle no. discussions that uh, used to trigger you in the past that don't anymore? Well, and it's funny, too, because uh, just even yesterday it was my daughter's 16th birthday. And my dad made a comment about how a particular political person is going to bring the, the age down so she might have to be a tax-paying person. I said, well, I said her name, you know. She is happy to pay whatever because it's, you know, part of the dues of paying for other people in our society. I was like, there's no fear. (laughs) So I usually shut it down with something of my truth. And then I kind of refuse not to engage. You know, I just don't. But I, I no longer have guilt when I say these things. So it really has helped me form boundaries. And I mean, you know, it's a moving thing. I, I don't always come out of each discussion. I do not, you know, trigger it. My sweet parents are the ones that trigger it. But I, I do know that they're coming from their own hurt. Like, I don't have any, like, underlying guilt or anger toward them as much anymore. I really feel like I've worked through it. I just hate saying completely to anything because, you know, I'm human and... They can annoy me at times. It's just kind of part of the, the cycle. They're in my life for a reason, so I can kind of learn this stuff and fine-tune this response I have with this element. So I, I try not to engage to the point of my boundaries and then state my truth lovingly. But because I know they're coming from hurt, so I'm not coming at an anger response. I'm coming from a, no, here's my truth. And Great. good day to you. Yeah. <laughs> 
I wonder if they've noticed a change in you over the years. I would hope so, because I feel like my personality and boundaries have totally shifted. Not shifted, shifted to where, you know, they don't recognize me. I still feel like I'm the joyful girl that I kind of even was as a kid. I feel like I've reclaimed that more and more as I have relaxed (laughs) and become less serious. So, yeah, I hope so. I hope they have, you know, for good, (laughs) in a good way. Have you happened to look at their uh, profiles? Your parents' profiles? I have. What did you learn from them that you can share with us? Well, they all, they're so weird. They're born six months apart. So they each have this exact same gene keys, oh, just wow. in different areas. Mm. And I have looked enough just to see what numbers and kind of compared to mine a little bit, but I haven't like heavy studied it. Do they have that seriousness? Not necessarily gene key 46, but that maybe I should ask about the constriction instead. Because the way you've described them, they are full of fear. And that's definitely the basis of constriction. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at my father's chart right now, and I don't see anything that just totally justice in his evolution. So he's supposed to evolve, you know, 60 for that. Yes, but that's limitation. That's that's yeah, definitely that's... fear. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and that would be my mom then, too. Then yep. her, that's her SQ. Yep. You know. Yep, they're so right that's a there. Real big... And they they mm-hmm. did a wonderful job in raising you, right? It kept you between <laughs> so. their boundaries. No, I, I I appreciate them. I I accept everything and I'm appreciative. Like oh. there's nothing I regret in terms of which family I chose. And that's my personal opinion. I feel like I chose them and I'm really grateful to them. And I feel like I've come really far and this gene key kind of path and examination has really helped me see various things about me. I know. I know very well. I want to talk about the city of 46, which is ecstasy. I loved Rudd's analogy that it, it's kind of like, I'm not a computer whiz, so I, I won't use the right terms, but it is like putting in the forefront, the norm is ecstasy. And then when you need your mind, it goes to the, right. to the back and then you bring up, for example, uh, like if you had a Word document. So you bring up another uh-huh. Word document. So the ecstasy is always behind it. But you need your mind right now to look at this particular document. And then when you're done with it, you click it off and it goes away. And there's that ecstasy. So it's just a, a common feeling that you have of right. living in ecstasy. Sounds wonderful. Yes. <laughs> It does. And honestly, I think they should. Do they say that this one is more associated with the body? I forget. Yes. But you know, I kind I feel like I get this when I get in my runner zone. So I, I like to meditate while I run. And sometimes I get in that zone and I put on meditative instruments only, you know, kind of music. And I just chill and see what, see what comes to me. And one of the visuals I often get is me being this eagle flying. And I'm just in the air and I'm flying and I'm running, of course, you know, I'm really living and breathing it. I'm in the body. I'm feeling it. And I had this, it's before I even read this and it was kind of funny. I I would um, have this thought that would, you know, kind of come to me. That's like, this is what peace is. And this is the exact peace that Buddha had, that Christ had, that it's available actually to all of us. And we can get it at any time when we release enough to just be in this moment. And it was just I mean, talk about the greatest runs I've ever had in my life. <laughs> wow. You know, I was just, I was in it and I could feel it. And then I would come to a stop sign and I'd have to look for traffic and I'd come right back into it once I kind of got back into the safe place where I physically could run again with no physical threat. <laughs> right. And, and I'd get right back into that eagle and it'd be like I was there looking at things, but I was also, this eagle imagery was just in my consciousness. And so I feel like I, I don't know if they gave me a vision or whatever, but I have I have felt that. And the message was is that it is there. It's the same 
peace that Jesus or Buddha or anybody, any of the big wise ascended masters has had, it is literally for us to have. It is not out of reach. Yes, that is a wonderful story that you just gave us. To oh, thanks. Yes, it was. Uh, well, I should start running maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, take that to anything, right? Like walking meditation. Sure. Or my husband loves surfing, I'm, I'm, even in the cold water. I mean, oh. he says he feels most connected with God like that. But I think some of us have to do something with the body to relax the mind. And then the mind eventually follows the body. And finally, our spirit is turned on. And it's like the spirit can then speak. And the spirit oftentimes just wants to tell us, you are, and it's okay. Yes. You know, and it's just peace. It's literally just peace. That's what I've experienced, at least. And listen to the space between the words, because that's where spirit is coming through. Right, that's where God is. Yes. I can't remember. I think I got it from Wayne Dyer, who said it was somebody else, who said that silence is where God is. Right. That's a beautiful (laughs) place to stop. This has been great, Susie. Oh, yes. I loved it. Well, thank you. (laughs)